Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hallow Wednesday. Little bonus episodes we're going to be doing for you uh, throughout the month of October. I am your host Dave, and I am joined today by Nicholas Einsman, the most handsome boy in the world. How's it going, bud? Well, it's the the stress and pressure of being the most handsome boy in the world is it's got a way on you slowly. <laughs> eating me alive i, I was ma- gonna say eating me out and i was like wait a second that doesn't <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't call it doesn't match it's yeah you live right on the rim of uh you know despair hey yeah oh i right. definitely live on a rim boo we're bad all right <laughs> we're so naughty yeah uh but yeah welcome everyone uh again this is uh cryptic cocktail party hallow wednesdays we're doing some midweek episodes just uh Give you a little, little bit of extra spook, and uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, Nick, what's something that made you smile today? What's something that made me smile today? Yeah, I figured uh, we start the episode off with some positivity. So I woke up, right? That's great. And I realized that I had some uh, leftover margarita pizza from Thin and Crispy. Oh, shit. TNC's yeah, the best. Their, their pizza is... Uh, incredible to begin with sorry i just had a brain fart there i thought you just like came your pants thinking about it because not gonna lie that's what i do believe me i have come my pants eating their margarita pizza tnc's pizza uh if you're in philly or the port richmond fishtown area i don't know how far they deliver but god damn is their pizza the best but so that's so that that's your that's your your smile for the day is no 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 (laughs) and then uh what i do oh i watched the punisher which one like the f- original movie with uh well not the original it's the second one because technically there's three Punisher movies yeah um, so not the, the not, the, not, the, uh, not the one with Dolph Lundgren or whatever but the one in after that the one after the one with John Travolta hell yeah it's a bad no, movie but not, it's so good not good not good at all and then I like thought about my life uh, a little bit while I was watching it because I grew up watching you know that movie the Ghost Rider movie like the Daredevil movie all of them are really dark and depressing. And I was obsessed with them, and it explains a lot. So I got to some root of some childhood trauma. Yeah, the uh, it made me smile. The, the John Travolta Punisher is so good. He, he doesn't play the Punisher. I don't know the name of the actor that plays the Punisher. But that one scene where he has that guy hanging by chains, and he thinks he he tells the guy he's gonna blow torches back, and he just holds oh, a yeah, cold popsicle to ice pop. <laughs> so good. He's like, um, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel really cold, and then he. Just like stabs him with an ice pop. It's so good. Um, all right, Nicholas. Well, today we're gonna be doing something a little a little different, a little fun. We're not gonna tell a story today. Well, we're gonna tell stories, but you're gonna be in control of the stories. There's a lot of pressure. Ooh, like a choose your own adventure? Kinda. So there's a lot of uh what's it called? A lot of discourse about AI technology. You know, like AI art being yeah. stolen from other arts, all that stuff. But I thought we what we'd do today is I found out that Chat GPT can write creepy pastas, spooky spaghetti. Oh yes, it can. Spooky spaghettis, macabre marinaras, if you will. Um, so what I'm gonna have you do is we're gonna do kind of like a Mad Lib thing. 
I'm going to ask you certain words and phrases. You're going to tell them to me, and then I'm going to put them into ChatGPT, and it's going to produce a creepypasta for us. And I'm sold. All right. So I need what I need from you is uh, a a a time like like a year like between 1700s, 2000s, 3000s, whatever. An, in an era. A long time ago. No, like a, like a number. Far, far away. Like a number, bud. Like a year. Uh, 1655. All right. And I I need to know, uh, give me like cursed, possessed, haunted, one of those words. Possession. All right. And then I need an object. It can be a video game. It could be whatever, just anything. I will choose a 1987 Kenner's action figure of the bounty hunter Bosk <laughs> from the movie Star Wars, in case that wasn't specific. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and do you want it to be in the first person or third person? Let's go third person. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Your face is, is giving me all I need to know. All right, you ready for this? I was born ready. This is the creepypasta that you have decided. All right. In the year 1655, amidst the dark and mysterious <laughs> alleys of London, <laughs> a peculiar tale began to circulate among the locals. It spoke of a cursed artifact, a relic from a distant galaxy, and its malevolent influence on those who possessed it. This eerie narrative centered around none other than a small, unassuming Bosque action figure from the Star Wars universe. The story. <laughs> In 1655. Yep. The, uh, the story began when a renowned collector and enthusiast of oddities, Lord Archibald Montague, <laughs> acquired the rare Bosque action figure through a clandestine auction. His wealth and curiosity led him to seek out the most exotic and enigmatic items in the world. Yet it was this seemingly innocent plastic toy that would become his most haunting obsession. Upon receiving the action figure, Lord Montague was entranced by his exquisite detail and craftsmanship. He proudly displayed it in his lavish drawing room alongside his other prized possessions. The lifelike rendering of the Trandoshan bounty hunter Bosque with his sinister grin and reptilian <laughs> eyes seemed to watch over the room like an otherworldly sentinel. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is fucking gold. As, as the nights grew longer and colder, whispers began to circulate among Lord Montague's servants. They spoke of strange occurrences in the Manson. Man, sorry, mansion. The Manson? It's just Charlie Manson? Yep. Muffled footsteps <laughs> echoed in empty hallways. The objects inexplicably moved on their own. The mansion itself seemed to shudder with an otherworldly presence. One evening, while Lord Montague was alone in his study, he became aware of an eerie presence in his room. His gaze was drawn to the Bosque action figure, which, <laughs> he, se <laughs> which, he which had seemingly shifted its position on the shelf. Unnerved, but dismissing it as a mere trick of the light, he returned to his work. But the malevolent force within the Bosque figure was not to be ignored. Night after night, it seemed to grow stronger, its influence seeping into the very walls of the mansion. Lord Montague's sleep became disturbed by vivid nightmares of being pursued by the relentless Trandoshan bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it even funnier is it's just like 
a three and a half inch. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> Bosque action figure. <laughs> now, <laughs> as the days turned into weeks, Lord Montague's obsession with the Bosque figure reached a fever pitch. He would spend hours locked in his study, whispering to the plastic figure. His voice tinged, tinged with madness. Servants who dared enter the room were met with his crazed laughter and cryptic ramblings about the power hidden within the toy. One faithful night, as a raging storm lashed the mansion, Lord Montague's cries pierced the darkness. His servants rushed to, rushed to his study only to find him in disarray. Papers were scattered, furniture overturned, and in the center of the chaos, the, the Bosque action figure lay glowing in an eerie, malevolent light. It was as if the very essence of Bosque had unleashed upon the world. Lord Montague, his mind shattered, clutched the action figure tightly in his hand, <laughs> oblivious to the terror that now emanated from it. The servants watched in horror as their master's body began to contort and change, his features morphing into a grotesque resemblance of the Trandoshan. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on, wait, oh, hold on, no. hold on. Oh, no. In a voice that was no longer his own, Lord Montague hissed, I am Bosk, the relentless hunter, <laughs> and I have claimed this vessel. <laughs> the servants fled the mansion, leaving behind the cursed artifact that had given their master to madness. The once grand mansion now stood as a desolate, haunted place, its halls echoing with the tortured cries of Lord Montague, forever trapped within the malevolent Bosk figure. And so wait, so he became the boss figure. Yeah, then I think Bosk became him. I don't Okay. I don't. <laughs> and so the legend of the possessed boss Bosk action figure lived on. A cautionary tale whispered among the people of London in 1655. <laughs> None dared enter the cursed mansion, for they knew that the relentless hunter still lurked within, waiting to claim the souls of any who dared to cross its path. To this day, the boss action figure remains hidden away, a sinister relic of a bygone era, a reminder that even the most innocent objects can hold unspeakable horrors when touched by the dark side of the force. Oh my fucking <laughs> oh, god. shit, dude, that was too Dude, that's a show good. right there. That is a show. It's just us giving each other oh my Mad god, Libs dude. and chat GTBTing it. Mm. All right, can I... Can we switch the the verse here? Because I want to I want to do this for you. Oh, you you got all right. Do you have it on the app yeah. on your phone, or are you on the? I'm gonna pull it up on my on my second monitor, bro. That was that was too that dude. That was fucking great. That was actually better than what I thought it was. Maybe I'm gonna start a blog that's just all AI chat GPT. No, fucking. I think we just do a podcast. Just send it. Fuck, dude. I just love that they didn't explain how Anything. in 1655 <laughs> he came across a Bosque action figure from the 1980s or probably 1970. Oh, it'd be like 1980, right? Yeah. 1987. All right, Dave. So I need you to give me a year. A year? Let's do let's do the year 4069. Nice. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, okay, and I need you to give me a noun. A noun? Yeah, so a person, place, or thing. Oh shit! Um, let's let's do uh, let's do lava lamp. Lava lamp, and now I need you to give me a adjective. Oh fuck! 
You can do stinky, cheesy, scary. Yeah, no, I know scary. what it is. All right. Uh, okay, let's I'm do, just giving you the, the Mad Lib rules here. Let's do shiny. Which was shiny. Shiny like a diamond or just shiny? Just shiny. All right, and away we go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's still going. Oh, it's still going. Oh, I forgot to tell you that I put only put it. I, I, I. So my prompt was, uh, can you write me a, a seven hundred word creepy pasta set in time about a possessed? Yeah. yeah. I, I did a word count. I didn't just do because <laughs> it'll go forever. Oh, it, it might be a little bit longer, but it's, it's definitely not too, too long. Mm. All right. In the year four thousand sixty nine. Oh gosh. Humanity had achieved astonishing technical heights, techno- technological heights, but they still cherished relics from the past. One such relics was a mysterious, shiny lava lamp. Okay. An object that had survived countless centuries, passing through generations as an eerie family heirloom. This lava lamp was rumored to have. <laughs> Okay. All right. Supernatural powers <laughs> and legends surrounding it had grown over millennia. The lava lamp, which was said to have been crafted by an ancient civilization <laughs> that had long disappeared. I mean, it tracks 1970 compared to fucking 4069. That's pretty ancient. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's. A- its outer surface was a shimmering metallic silver that seemed to defy the passage of time. Okay. All right. The liquid inside, however, was unlike any other lava lamp. Oh. No. Instead of the usual lava-like blobs, <laughs> it contained a viscous dark fluid that seemed to pul- pulse with a life of its own, oh. regardless of the power being on. Oh, it sounds like the blob? The lava lamp had been passed down through generations, each genera- each owner experience- experiencing its eerie effects. Some claimed that it could show glimpses of the future, while, <laughs> other believed it- <laughs> while others believed it could communicate with the dead. The truth was, no one really knew what the lava lamp was capable of, but only that it was fueled by the mystique. Don't, that's so vague. In 4069, the lava lamp was in the possession. Oh, we're getting uh, some crossover here. The lava lamp was in the possession of the Montagru family. No way. Yeah. I mean, it makes (laughs) sense. The Montagru family. It makes sense. For centuries that they had kept away in their mansion, in their hidden mansion, deep in the heart of a sprawling futuristic city. The mansion had become of stuff of legends of itself with curious wonders of what was stored inside and Shit. rumors of strange occurrences and eerie noises emanating from the walls. Is this a fu- what? No. How is this happening? I don't know. One fateful evening as did, a violent thunderstorm. We, we, we just accidentally created a whole Montague a universe. universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, chat GPT. Oh, shit. One fateful evening, as a violent thunderstorm raged outside, a young Sarah Montagru discovered the lava lamp tucked away in a dusty attic corner. She heard the stories of its power since she was a child, and her curiosity 
got the better of her. She decided it was high time to give it a try. Sarah touched the lava lamp, and to her surprise, it came to life. The dark fluid inside began to churn and swirl, forming strange shapes and patterns of things she had never seen before. Oh, shit. As she watched. So the... the so the lava lamp's almost like a dev- like a divination thing, like a fucking like read the tea leaves type thing, maybe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it's, this. I yeah. love this. All right. As she watched, a ghostly image of a man appeared. His features distorted it and was, hazy. It was Bosk. <laughs> <laughs> right, continue. Who are you? Sarah whispered, trembling in fear. The apparition in the lava lamp spoke with an otherworldly voice. I am the keeper of the lava lamp, a guardian of its secrets. And I have waited centuries for someone like you. (laughs) Sarah's heart raced as the lava lamp revealed its true nature. It could indeed communicate with the dead, but it demanded a price for its return of its power. Of course. The lava lamp required a living soul to be bonded with it. And Sarah was its chosen vessel. Shit. Like like the like the things from Avatar? Like they got a great hair together? I, I, maybe. Shit. The storm outside intensified, lightning flashing through the windows, casting eerie shadows in the attic of former Montgomery family members. Is, Sarah it, Mo- is it Montgomery or Montague? Montague. Okay. So I, I'm fucking dyslexic. Yeah, you're bad at this. <laughs> I think I'm doing a great You're job. Doing fantastic. Sarah, I'm just fucking with it. Sarah hesitated, but the lava lamp's power was all too alluring. She agreed to the binding ritual, and with a flash of Why? searing light, her soul became one with the lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> From that day forward, Sarah Montague became an That's not right. Eternal guardian of the lava lamp. It's spelt weird. Her existence was bound to the shiny relic, and she could never leave its side. Over the centuries, the Montague Mansion became even more mysterious with its all with its walls echoing with the whispered secrets of the lava lamp. Visitors who ventured into the mansion reported feeling a chilling presence and hearing eerie whispers in the dark corners of the house. The shiny lava lamp of 4069 had claimed another soul and its legend had lived on. A haunting reminding reminder for the price one pay for unlocking its dark and mysterious powers god damn it <laughs> it's so fucking i do like the fact that it kept it in the universe i agree that's pretty I good agree. you gotta hit me with another one this is this is comedy gold all right let's uh let's change it up a bit i'm gonna do give me a state new mexico can i give you the character about a guy named david prescott fuck me and he stumbles upon what a wooden dummy from the 1940s, named Kobe Clark. Like a ventriloquist dummy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunted by yes. the ghost of... Give me a famous person that's dead. Famous person that's dead. Yeah. Chris Farley. <laughs> oh, no. All right. <laughs> I cannot wait. All right. Are you ready for this? Yeah. In the vast desert expanse of New Mexico, where the scorching sun and desolation cast an eerie, timeless quality, a man named David Prescott embarked on an extraordinary journey. Little did he know that this journey would lead him to an unsettling encounter with a ventriloquist dummy that harbored the ghost of the beloved comedian Chris Farley. (laughs) 
David David Prescott was an amateur collector of oddities drawn to the peculiar and peculiar and paranormal. One scorching summer day, while scouring an old antique shop in the sleepy town of Roswell, he stumbled upon a dusty wooden ventriloquist dummy, its nameplate reading Colby Clark. The shop shop owner, an elderly woman with a knowing glint in her eye, recounted the dummy's strange history. It was rumored to have once belonged to a mysterious ventriloquist named Clyde Morgan who had vanished without a trace after a tragic accident during a live performance. The doll had since been passed down through generations of collectors, each owner claiming to have witnessed unsettling occurrences. Intrigued by the doll's eerie reputation, David purchased Colby Clark and took it to his small, isolated home on the outskirts of the desert. As the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long, ominous shadows across the landscape, David decided to try his hand at ventriloquism using the unsettling dummy as his audience. Wait, what? Why would I use the dummy as my audience? All right. Anyways, to his astonishment, as he manipulated Colby Clark's wooden features and began to speak, (laughs) 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 Hi, I'm Colby. (laughs) A voice not his own emerged from the dummy. It was the unmistakable voice of Chris Farley, the beloved comedian who tragically passed away years ago. David felt a chill creep down his spine as the voice of Farley began to tell jokes, delivering punchlines with a macabre humor that sent shivers down his spine. As the days turned into weeks, David's life spiraled into chaos. Colby Clark, now inhabited by the spirit of Chris Farley, became increasingly unpredictable. It would come to life in the dead of night, its eyes glowing with an eerie spectral light and recounting Farley's darkest memories and regrets in a mournful tone. Oh my God. Uh, David's own sanity began to unravel as he found himself locked in a surreal conversation with the restless spirit of the comedian. Chris Farley's presence grew more menacing with each passing day and David could feel his own identity slipping away as he became a vessel for a ghost's torment. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Desperate to free himself from this nightmarish ordeal, David researched the history of Clyde Morgan, the ventriloquist who owned Colby Clark before him. He discovered a tragic tale of obsession and madness, madness leading to Morgan's mysterious disappearance. It was, clear, it was clear that Farley's relentless spirit was trapped within the dummy as a result of Morgan's dark experiments. With newfound determination, David embarked on a perilous journey into the unforgiving New Mexico desert to seek answers and release Farley's spirit from its wooden prison. Guided by a cryptic map, cryptic, cryptic map he had discovered in Morgan's notes, he navigated treacherous terrain and, performed, and reached the site of the ventriloquist's last performance. There, beneath a blood-red sun, David performed a final ventriloquist, ventriloquist act, imploring Colby Clark to release Chris Farley's spirit. <laughs> As the last words left his lips, a violent wind swept through the desert and the wooden dummy crumbled to dust, its eerie laughter echoing in the wind. The haunting presence of Chris Farley finally faded, leaving David shaken but free from the malevolent grip of Colby Clark. As he walked away from the desolate desert landscape, he couldn't help but wonder if the restless spirit had found peace or if it still roamed the vast expanse of New Mexico, forever bound to the unforgiving desert and the enigmatic dummy that had, impr- that had imprisoned it for so long. God damn it. <laughs> that was the best. That was pretty good. 
Uh, yeah, that took turns. I wasn't expecting it to take. I'm, uh, I'm about it. Though. I am gonna. I'm gonna spend the rest of my day making this image in Photoshop. Yeah, please do. Oh, oh of, of, of me using Colby Clark as a dummy, and then, <laughs> and then like force ghost Chris Farley behind you. Fuck, dude, that's so good. Oh shit! All right, well, I think that's gonna do it for uh, the spooky spaghetti. But I, I think we're definitely gonna have to do this again at some point because that that was fucking good. Goddamn, it was a good time. Oh, it shit. was a good time. All right, man. Um, all right. Well, uh, do you want to plug your stuff before we say goodbye? Yeah. So listen, if uh, you want to talk about uh, watches, and uh, we have a new podcast coming out called Unlimited Time Radio, um, where it's me and my partner who is not gonna be on camera just yet. Um, are talking watches. He usually tries to get me drunk and then get my opinions while, you know, lifting my guard up. Uh, yeah, lifting it's going to be, uh, like, it's going to be fun. You're going to show your dick. What does lifting your guard up mean? Oh, letting my guard down. Oh, let my hair down. Gosh. Let my hair down. Yeah. I'm going to let the mustache just kind show of show that you know, dick. Show that, show dick. that dick. Show that dick. Yeah. I'm going to big I'm- dick. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to loop me saying show that dick, but layer it 15 times. So it sounds like a group of people are just chanting show that dick. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. All right. But yeah, that's uh, I was st- thanks for having me. I'm uh, always a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Cryptic Cocktail. Tick- Twitter is uh, Cryptic Cocktail. TikTok is Cryptic Cocktail Party. And with that, Nick, would you like to say goodbye to everyone? Adios. Take care. Go gently into that quiet night. <laughs> Fuck, you're telling them to Stay die? Stay San Diego. <laughs>